everyone. Welcome to episode four of the Stay Attached podcast. We are joined by none other than Patrick Aches Price, the 20-time Call of Duty champion, the two-time world champion, and he also has a beautiful 2020 Pearl White GTR. Pat, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, brother. My my Price duo. <laughs> um, appreciate you having me. Um, I'm glad to talk about some of the things that we got coming up and uh yeah thank you for that warm intro bro that made me feel real good of course um make sure to you know s- cite the gtr that's important for sure very important um but uh but yeah man thank you for having me on uh, of course I'm, I'm excited to have you on someone from that's been in cop since the start been so successful having uh the cole dynasty potentially if the best team of all time i mean maybe we'll we'll, t- we'll touch on that talk about it later but um, yeah, I'm excited. So if there is any COD franchise listening, because I haven't seen you announce the team yet. So let me just repeat what I said. 20-time Call of Duty champion in 4v4 on boots and two-time world champion 4v4 on boots. I mean, that's just, that's all I'm going to say for any of the COD franchises listening. That simple. <laughs> um, I'm waiting for the call. I'm waiting for the call. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting too. I'm waiting to see that, that tweet from you announcing your team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, starting from the young days when you were young, Pat Price, um, what was the first Call of Duty game you played, like casually? And then when did you start getting into competitive Call of Duty? Yeah, so, <clears throat> you know, dating back to like, I think 2004 uh, is when I got my um, my original Xbox. And there was like a year period there. And I had an older brother who's six years older than me. So like we played games, um, mostly sports yeah. games. Um, like the super super early stuff, even <laughs> on like GameCube and yeah. um and whatever. Um, I had uh originally when I got um, I got Xbox Live. It was like that sixty dollar membership. Yep. It came with like the little mic that you put on your head, like it goes all the way around. Yeah, those mics um, were so bad. I w- I broke yeah. so many. That that's what I started with. But uh, I was actually playing like an an online like it was like a chess strategy type game. Uh, just for fun, it was like a free game. And I met someone on there that was like, because I had an Xbox and I had Halo, yeah. and I had played like, uh, like friends, like, like on land. Well, I guess it was land back then, but it wasn't really like a land event. It was uh, yeah. just like playing for fun, like one v one and stuff uh, in the campaign. And someone from them, uh, that game convinced me to get Xbox Live, and that was like the first time I got it. And I got it in, and I was playing Halo Two. This was super early, original Xbox, like two thousand and four, two thousand five, um, and I was like all about Halo. Um, so then, uh, then Call of Duty 2 comes out in 2006, uh, and I had played Big Red 1, the very first one, um, the campaign only game. Um, and then I'd say around 2006 is when Call of Duty 2 came out and I was just like, I had the game, even though I was playing Halo so much, I had the game. And so I was like, all right, well, let let me play some Call of Duty. Um, so Call of Duty 2 online on the original Xbox is, is kind of, uh, when I first started playing Call of Duty multiplayer. Um, and then even then, you know, I wasn't like, I was playing it super casually, right? I didn't even know about the the game battle system and, you know, the, the competition-esque stuff that was going on back in uh, COD 2. Yeah. But, I mean, I liked the game. And, you know, even throughout Halo, I still comp- like I still played Halo the whole time. That was like the main game I was playing uh, for fun. Um, and even going into <clears throat> Halo 3, so I played Halo 2 and Halo 3 a ton, like yeah. majority. Um, and like COD 2 and COD 3, like I played them, but they were just like, yeah, I'll hop on COD for a little while. Like it's fun. Um, and then Call of Duty 4 is really what sparked like the competitive side. That's when I found out about game battles. 
that's when I found out about like, you know, you were watching like the Halo 2 pros yeah. um, with MLG and it was just like, oh shit, like this like, stuff I want to do that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was playing Halo. And so um, then I, I had like, I really liked COD 4. Like COD 4 was just like super fun to me. And I think like every other pro nowadays almost started out S and D only, right? Like playing two V twos and three V threes. Trying to get your G B ranks down. <laughs> yeah, literally for G B rank, yeah. having just absolute fun. I think I played with a dude named uh Blood Rush, I think was his name back then. It was like just two V twos. Um and yeah, I mean like climbing that ladder back in like early, early oh eight. Um and that's kind of just how I developed my Call of Duty career. I ended up um competing with Fatalize, who now works yeah. at Scuff Gaming. We love um, Mr. Uh, Ryan Bogucky. Yeah, that was like PCL two two thousand eight. So that's like summer. That was a long time ago. Um, and that's kind of how I got into my start of a uh, competitive Call of Duty. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's when I kind of started like learning about competitive COD, like the COD four days, forum days. I was like ten years old, uh, but I miss those days. Like when GB rank mattered, when having a known friends list mattered. Like uh, I wish I would do anything to go back be a pro back then and have a super known friends list like it was Bro, so having the, the rep on the forms mattered like, <laughs> yeah, literally it was like a few everything. people who had red rep yeah uh, you were getting banned off was, the forums and it was just crazy it was vicious back then bro there was well, we were all <laughs> young but like people going at each other's necks yeah and the halo 3 like halo i didn't get to play halo 2 online but halo 3 like most fun i've ever had gaming with like the forge games uh the rank system and it was incredible for all the mlg like the team slayer everything about it team swat like i had so much fun playing halo 3 like that's that's where i got my start and then i started playing call of duty 4 like right after that too i fully agree like that those those days of just playing halo like aspiring to be better yeah. was like the best time i've ever had um playing a video game for sure. those. those were those were the golden days for sure like uh oh yeah because back then we didn't have like millions of dollars and hundred thousand dollars tournaments to look forward to like we were just playing because we just loved video games at the time and that was that, was that was the real passion pit yeah that was the passion pit that was the real peak of online gaming even though it was just so simple it was so much fun so if yep. ever missed that i feel bad for you if you if you missed it go back and watch some youtube videos on it it was a great time but now getting into like call of duty competitive what was your first event you played on land so my first event ever on land was uh the modern warfare 2 national event um in dallas texas at the hilton anatole i'll never forget it <laughs> um that that event had like two separate halo events going on it was like the halo 3 nationals and the the halo reach like qualifiers for the combine like the new game it just came out and they hadn't played they hadn't finished halo 3 yet yeah. um i think starcraft was there as well they had like its own section and that's when like starcraft was like peak blowing up in in north america um and so that was that was my first event my dad came with me i think i was i want to say i was 15 maybe i might have been 16 i was one of the young two buck, so 2010 buck. yeah it's 2010 um i guess i was i was i had just turned 16 i think okay um that was my first event it was only eight teams um you had qualified through like the pcl online your average place since jcap was oh. there um he was a part of ixi with rambo and big t and sid rock uh, that was my first event with TP. I had just met TP online like a couple months before this event. Um, and it was actually crazy because last year I lived in Dallas and the hotel was the Hilton Anatole. And I could see it from my uh, from my apartment building. Like I was on the 13th damn. floor and I could like see the Hilton Anatole. And I was like, damn, like whenever I moved in, I was like, shit, it all just came full circle. Yeah, that just brought back um, so many memories, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that was the first event I'd ever attended. And that was where everything was like so, you know, 
naive, I guess, and young. Like, no one had really met each other. I know there was, like, some people that had known each other from, like, New Jersey, like that squad from, like, the NJ Halos and and stuff like that. But for the most part, this is, like, the first time everyone's uh, coming together uh, for LAN events. Yeah, and it was was just a completely different atmosphere than it is today. And, um, And I guess Call of Duty then was, like, the new kids on the block. Like, we had had, like, the two national events in 08 and 09. And this was, like, the real, I guess, time that, like, um, we're thinking Call of Duty's going to start blowing up. And um, I, I, I even remember back, like, uh, Killer KC was, like, the the guy running, like, um, I guess the Call of Duty stuff. Like, um, and it was just, like, getting to know everyone and seeing, like, how everyone's transitioned today is, is pretty crazy. But uh, that, was the, that was the first event for me. Nice. And uh, also, I think you mentioned like COD4 Nationals. So we got to say shout out to the one and only Johnny T, Pac-Man, national <laughs> champ right there. Guy is absolute unit. Is he and, in the uh, chat? I don't, I don't know if he's in the chat right now. I don't know. He's somewhere out there probably walking around in sandals, maybe chilling. Um, but what did you get at that first event? Like what placing? We got second. Um, oh, we shit. eliminated IXI who had like had our number throughout the season. Um, so they were onliners kind of. Yeah, low key cap. They didn't lose a map in PCL too. Oh. So, so cap wherever you're at. I know you, you might. You guys are <laughs> onliners, bro. Um, but uh, but yeah, we eliminated. My team was me, TP, Juggy, and uh, Miles, and they don't okay. play anymore. But um, you know, IXI had our our number throughout the season. Uh, I think we beat. We might have beat the Optic Nation team, which was Merc and uh, Nade Shot and Vengeance and Flawless, and oh. then um. It would be IXI for top two. And then we ended up losing to Influence, who were just uh, really good. And they happened to be just nasty on land. Like, um, one of their players, Brim, who played with Pluto, um, they were all they were like a West Coast California team. Yeah. And um, he showed up to that event and was just disgusting, man. Like, he was running a UMP. And, like, I guess no one had, like, realized how good he really was online yeah. and uh he showed up and just fried and uh, we we lost to them in the finals uh it was a pretty close series but we lost and we got second i think ended up making i want to say it was like 1500 bucks bro so this was like 2010 uh, the national event so like think cod champ back <laughs> yeah then. that's crazy I played second and got fifteen hundred bucks each. Like that's it was a lot six thousand dollars. That's yeah, a I know, lot but back then. It, it, but, but nowadays, like, of course, comparison it's, like yeah. like getting second at champs now nets you like what a, almost a hundred grand. Uh, like yeah, if you go right. off last year, like yeah. So crazy. Um, it was a big difference, and even first they got like I think it was like twelve thousand. So they might have gotten like three k each. So, like, <laughs> winning champs, they got 3K each. It was just pretty absurd. Yeah, no, that's that's insane how much the price would have changed from being, like, the COD 4 online tourneys where you win, like, a couple hundred bucks if you won, like, the whole season, even that oh, LAN yeah. event. And I remember going to my one of my first LANs in, like, MW3, and I won the free-for-all, and I won, like, 100 bucks. I was probably, like, 15, something like that. I was on top Super of the high. world. I thought yeah. 100 bucks was so much money. Little did I know $100 is not that much. Uh, so I... Came to find that out soon after, but I was still on top of the world when I had that $100. And then the prize pools now are just like, what did Empire win? I think they won like 300K each or something for champs. Uh, If you win the home series, I know they aren't as much. It was like 10K each per player, but still for an online tournament. Well, well, it's supposed to be a land land tournament. uh, 10K each is still pretty insane. 
Um, and then I'm guessing you won your first event in Black Ops One. Is that when you started like taking over with the what yeah, was it? So, leverage? Yep. So and I was gonna also note like um back then like when you'd get a sponsorship, you were literally getting a sponsorship for like one hotel room. Like that's <laughs> like in 2010, we repped the VWS yeah. and like it was to literally cover because all the flights were covered because it was like a qualification. Okay, so we dope. literally got a uh, we got like one hotel room free and then like the rest of us split like the cost for the other <laughs> like three rooms or two rooms that we needed. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, going into so 2011 now, Black Ops 1 comes out. Um, and this is kind of when like. Modern Warfare 2 for me is when, like, I got, I st early MW2 is when I started getting recognized as, like, a top player, right? Like, yeah. I, I think looking back, like, I was probably, like, a top three player throughout MW2, along with Cap and, and someone else. Um, but that's when, like, um, I kind of started getting a ton of respect. And, you know, I had been competing since 08, 09. Um, so this is the first time I've gotten, like, you know, broke through in that upper echelon yeah. of, like, a top player. Um, so winning, getting second in Nats, um, me and TP were obviously going to stick together and going into the next game and so that's when we started having like control over like picking up good players yeah. because we were like you were those you know, guys upper now. echelon yeah yeah go up echelon going off the last season um so we ended up playing with uh i forgot who we went into the game with but like there was so many roster changes in that early time frame and um we played the 25k online tournament with bobby and fears um and not a lot of people know this. Right before we picked up them, we were actually playing with Punisher and Dodgers, right? And Dodgers is obviously Ooh. kind of like a – he's like Halifax in the Call of Duty community. Like, he was just a super nasty kid who yeah. didn't pursue um, the game. Like, he didn't have the dedication to pursue the game like how everyone else started to. And um, so we picked up Bobby and Fears. We win the online tournament, which is like a $25,000 frag cup um, going into the, the first event. And um, – and then we dropped uh, Fears and we picked up Skump. So this is the first okay. time, and I had known about Skump for a little while. Like he had started playing at the end of MW2, um, mainly on Xbox. And, he, you know, he was just super young and he yeah. was really good. Um, <clears throat> and he was playing with Envy Blue, I think, at the time. So we dropped Fears, we pick up Skump, and we go to Dallas. And that's the first event that you were talking about that we won. Um, and we were just, we were really good at this yeah. period. Like we were, I think in the beginning of the game, like that squad of me, T, Skump and Bobby were just nasty. Um, and you know, we didn't really have any trouble with any team and we, we kind of came in and steamrolled that tournament. Um, and it, you know, that was kind of when like, it was kind of like in my, in my head, in my parents' head, like that this was a pursuable thing. Yeah. Cause my dad also came with me to all the BO1 events. I was still 16. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that was, like, the transition when, because um, even in V2, you know, I was still, like, not fighting my parents, but, like, really on that struggle of, like, hey, yeah. I'm making some money here and there. Um, this is, like, something that I can pursue. Um, and this is kind of, like, the later um, end of my, like, uh, you know, playing sports throughout middle yeah. school and, and early on that I was, like, hey, I kind of want to stop playing sports and this is kind of what I want to do. Um, so that was the transition point for me when it kind of became more serious and something that I could pursue. And obviously I'm still in high school. Um, but this was like, you know, getting my parents off my back about like playing so much and video games and this and that. So, um, that was kind of like the eye opener event for me and, and my, and my parents. Uh, that's, that's dope. I just remember having all those talks with my parents where I was like, just, I want to play call of duty. I want to try and go pro. I want to go to these events and try this. And they were like, no go uh go play sports go to your school work like i was just, damn 
But back then it was so hard because there was not these big prize pools, all this social media and all this juice. There was nothing to go there. off of. Yeah. So there was nothing to show. They had to trust like, you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, dude, I, I remember back in 08, I had to ask my dad for his credit card to buy like $30 worth of GB credits because that's how much the entries <laughs> were for the yeah. PCL events. And like we're on like a uh, it was like a family beach trip. It was like in the summer. I live, I'm from North Carolina. So like I'm like a couple hours from the beach. And this is like. I don't even know how old I was, 13, 14. I'm like, I need like, maybe it was like 50 bucks. It was like, I need your credit card to buy these <laughs> credits. Like trying to explain like, and like a 12 or a 13, 14 year old, like it just seems like, huh, what, what yeah. the hell are you doing? So like trying to convince that at that early of an age <laughs> to buy like an invisible credit to play into a tournament was was absurd. But, but yeah, that was like the, the eye-opening event in yeah. 2011 where it was like, it's possible. And uh, how many events did you end up winning that season with your team? It was Scum, Bobby, and TP, correct? Yes. Yeah, so, okay. so we, um, so that was our roster up until Anaheim, and um, you know we won the twenty five k online tournament, uh, which is only like twenty five hundred each for first, and then yeah. we won Dallas, which was twenty five hundred each for first. Um, we lost Columbus. I think we got like fourth. That's the one optic one. Okay. Um, and then right after that, we made a roster change. We dropped Bobby, and this was like when Bobby was kind of like, you know, Call of Duty wasn't really what it was what? for everyone yeah. else for him. Yeah. Um, and we ended up picking up Proofy, um, and we win Anaheim instantly. And then um, throughout the last rest of the season, it was a lot of force and thirds, um, and fists. So we won the like the early half. We kind of dominated, yeah. And then at the end, like Fear won an event or two. Um, Sensor ended up winning uh, nationals with Next Threat, and you know we had went through a couple of roster iterations. Proofy left. We picked up Fears. We kept Scump. Um, and it was just kind of like a, we fizzled out the rest of that season with a, like some force and some thirds and stuff. But okay. uh, we ended up winning two plus the the online tournament. And then I believe was MW three the next game after that one. Yep. Okay. So, so how did MW3 that roster uh, transition work from Black Ops One to uh, MW Three? Yeah. So, MW Three comes out, and I think me, Teep, and Scump knew like we were still, you know, as a trio, like yeah. really fucking good. Like we won with you know multiple different force throughout the last season, and um, you know we stick together. We're going into MW Three, and I think the biggest issue for a lot of us is we thought MW Three was going to be something a lot more, right? In terms of yeah prizing support didn't even have a land the circuit <laughs> didn't bad. pick it up and it was kind of like real real shitty for the competitive community um and so we, we we still go through the game game comes out in like november um and this is like a weird transition because it's never happened in call of duty where the, the new game came out before the last tournament had ended so national mm, remember that in, in 2011 was like in or late late november in providence and the game came out in early november so like there's a lot of people still playing the new game. Some people playing, obviously practicing the old game. And it was like a, a weird thing. But me, Teep, Scump, stick together going into V3. And, uh, you know, we had a hot start. You know, we were really good. We were still Quantic Leverage, I think, at the yeah. time. Um, and we were still a top team. And then back then, MLG was running like an online thing called Weekly Warfare, which was like show matches, basically. It was like a best of nine. And you would play every other day or every day you would play like one or two maps. Okay. Um, so we're 2-2 two, two <laughs> in the series. This is like late January in 2012, so like three months into the game's launch. And um, we're playing this Weekly Warfare series against Optic. And this is when Optic announced like that Eon Optic Gaming, that mm -hmm. like Envy partnership thing. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, <laughs> we're two two in the series on weekly warfare, and Scump just randomly out of nowhere, I guess, gets a call from Optic. Um, this is mid series, by the way. We're like literally like we play them the next day in like map four or five, um, and uh, he gets a call, I guess, for Optic, and um, wants to join their team. And so it leaves us in a weird spot. Yeah, and you guys are mid-series. You have a roster change. That's I don't think that's ever been done before in COD. Yeah, literally. Um, and so it's it's kind of a tricky spot because me and Teep, I think we were we actually we were playing with Cap. It was me, Scump, Cap, and uh, Teep. Um, and we thought like that was the God Squad because yeah. Cap was uh, like I feel like me, Scump, and Cap were top three players in Bo One. Like however you want to list them yeah. at any given time. And uh, so we think we have the God Squad, right? Like we got the one of the like three of the best players of the last year, and Teep, who was discussing. It's kind of hard to throw Teep in like a top four player of his game because of his role, yeah. but like everyone kind of knew how nasty TP was. Um, it just wasn't as flashy. So we're yeah. like, we got the best team. Like it's uncontested going into the season. Um, but then obviously the game is just not what anyone thought. There's no support, and it's just really hard to kind of stick together and convince there's no money yeah. there's no like online turn it's nothing so um so scump leaves goes to optic um and then <clears throat> it was just kind of fizzled out um we picked up i think proof who they dropped for scump and then we just wrote out the next like few weeks months but the game there was just nothing to play right yeah. like there was nothing there was no tournaments anything and this is my senior year in high school and um and I think for me, this is kind of when, like, I took a step back from Call of Duty. Um, and it wasn't because I, I didn't want to play or, like, a team issue. But there was literally nothing yeah, to play. Like, we I were getting on and scrimming for, like, nothing. Wasn't the uh, only tournament the ones, like, the EGLs in Europe that year? Yeah. yeah. yeah so, and, this, and those didn't even start until, like, summertime. Oh, damn. So, so it's pretty much, like, it, the whole game cycle. It's yeah, starting at the yeah, very so end. This, this is, like, my second half of my senior year. Yeah. And like it was just a lot of emotion. You know, I'm 18. Um, there's not to go crazy, to play for you know, here. Party, yeah, yeah. and Teep, Teep's like in his first year of college, and um, it was just it was a really weird dynamic. And I think that's when I personally like just stopped playing as much because there wasn't really anything to play for. Like we still yeah. had a team, but like we weren't scrimming. Um, so I would say like anyone who wasn't going to those EGL tournaments, which in North America was only Optic, it was yeah. only Seth, Big T, Merc, and Rambo, and then at the very like end. And the and in like the well, I guess we'll get at the end of the summer. But anyway, though they were the only people going, so like three, yeah. four months kind of got taken off from everyone because there wasn't anything to do, um, unless you just loved playing every day. <laughs> unless you just wanted to play, yeah, yeah, like you just were playing pub and, and everything. Stream. That was kind of like that was it. Um, so that's like the first time I took uh time off, but it it wasn't because it was my choice. It was just there wasn't anything to do. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the game, um nade shot there was like there was one tournament in in europe that was coming up it was egl8 and um you know all the north american players were kind of on the same page in the last few months it's out of optic it, where it was just like there's not much that we can really do yeah. but at the end um nade shot i think was really early starting his relationship with red bull and you know he was kind of like hey i'm putting together a roster to go to egl8 red bull is you know supporting it um damn and it was it was like under wraps because he hadn't started that relationship yet uh, publicly, and so me and Teep are like fuck yeah like we want to go we want to play, um so we pick up we, it was me Teep uh, Nate Shot and John, um and uh, we go to EGL eight I think we use the name Leverage I think because like 
this was like Red Bull was like a nade shop thing, right? Like it was like a a private relationship that he was building with Red Bull, and so um, they weren't like a sponsor or anything. They were just like, "Hey, we'll send you out to EGLA." Yeah. Um, and so we put together a squad like last minute. It was me, John Teep, and Nade. Uh, we start scrimming. We go to EGLA. I think we get. I want to say we got like fifth, fifth, sixth, fourth, fifth, sixth. We ended up losing to Optic. Um, we, and it was like there. I know that that series is on YouTube. It's like a crazy series. Um, the it was like a CTF that went like overtimes, and every map was literally so close. Yeah. I think we like won the search, like six five. They barely beat us on the first CTF. We lost the second CTF. It was just a crazy series. Yeah. Um, and back then I think you played three CTFs and yeah, two S and D's. That's so strange thing about. Yeah, and and the rules were weird because it was EGLA and they they had different rules than we had in North America. They were yeah. like a little bit more stricter. Um, so anyway, we end up losing that tournament. We get like fifth. Um, and like I think looking back, kind of what started the me and Nade rivalry was <laughs> like like me like uh getting mad at him for like some play he did in the ctf and like he played good like i'm not saying he didn't play bad but like there was like a certain play on like i think it was lockdown ctf no way or, like come on Matt. he made like he made like a, a dumb flag route or something i think and i think that's what like started the me and him getting mad yep. or getting a rivalry whatever and, yeah a little bit um, of beef a little bit yes yeah, so that was that was 2012 that was model <laughs> for three for me yeah, and it was just yeah. kind of a roller coaster and <clears throat> not much not much else other than that Damn, so that is when the season ended for like MW3? Like it was done after that? Yeah, I think uh, Optic lost to a mm. European team. And this was, was like that the, the first one time? time? Europe... Yeah, it was yeah, like the, the first time Europe only, beat. The one and only time, yeah. Like, yeah, there, it was pretty crazy. And then that sets you up for the release of Black Ops 2? Or was there another game? Yeah. Yeah, Black Ops 2. Okay, so I think Black Ops 2 is where you really like took off as like a household name in the COD community. And that's when people really started to pay attention to it uh, and of course complexity what did you guys win like seven or eight tournaments throughout the year i think it was seven out of eight seven out of it oh shit that's crazy um, no, no, that, that that actually might be wrong oh yeah because um, you guys like were decent at the beginning i remember and then yeah, you guys yeah. like took off like once you got like clay and stuff like it was just chalk like you guys were winning everything but how did that happen like how did you go from not really playing cod and mw3 going to that one event and then getting back into it, being near the top, and then completely taking over and uh, becoming the dynasty. Uh, yeah, so the game came out, and Quantic, who was our sponsor last year, like for the last two years, was like leaving Call of Duty. Um, and that's actually, they introduced us to Jason Lake, who's the owner of Complexity, and that's what started that relationship. And, um, you know, going forward, me and Teep were just like, all right, we're obviously still teaming. We've, we've been together forever at yeah. this, we're like two and a half years. Um, so we... Uh, we pick up. What was it? Fears? I know you had yeah. two quick and someone, right? Or no, no. So before start? that, yeah, okay, we start the game start? with Fears, who we played with in 2011. Um, we start oh, with yeah, Fears, yeah. and um, this is when I was like, "Yo, T, we got to get Krim." Um, and he was, you know, I had known Krim from playing in 2008. He was like criminal XX, yeah. Or he had like a gamer tag like Eclipse or whatever. He was, <laughs> he was this nasty COD four kid. Yeah. Um who quit to go to halo and he had like messaged me um pre black ops 2 release like he was playing battlefield i think for yeah, like some for that. ghost battlefield tournament yeah. so the, i always fuck with him because in my head like i saved him from this like pitless <laughs> despair of playing this battlefield <laughs> yeah, tournament for monopoly money yeah that, yeah it was like that a 1.6 million dollar 
like Fugay's tournament. Yeah. Um, and so he, he was like playing Battlefield every day for like the last <laughs> eight months or whatever. And so I pick him up and um, I pick him up and, I, and I'm like convincing Teep, dude. Like imagine, imagine Lamar coming to you nowadays and being like, yo, bro, we got to get this random dude you've never heard of and put him <laughs> on our roster on a pro yeah. team. Like it, it has to happen, bro. Like there's no, there's no question. Yeah. That was kind of like how I was and I was having to convince Teep and Teep was not having it. He was like, bro, no shot. Yeah. Um. Anyway, pick up uh, Krim. We go into the season, and we're nasty. Like right off the rip, me, Teep, uh, Fears, and Krim are disgusting. Um, we're like dominating in scrims. We win the Frag Cup, and um, we're just we're just the best team in the beginning. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> that is what started this um this like Nate shot thing because we go to UMG Chicago. <laughs> That's when it started adding on the beef. Like you know. Yeah. So we go to UMG to Chicago up. and we lost and it was like the most infuriating thing. Like we lost the series, but like won the map count looking back. Yeah. And it was like, bro, it was so dumb because we knew we were the best team and they were good. Like, don't get me wrong. They were a good team. Optic was probably top two. Um, but we were like the best team and we lost and we yeah. lost because the format was different. Like normally back then to when you're in the, when you come from winners, and you win the first series, yeah. um, that map count carries over to finals, right? You go into a best of 11. and um, But what they had done at UMG Chicago was at two best of five. So we were coming from losers, um, and we, uh, we, we beat them in the first series like 3-0. And then we go into the second series, and it's a new series count, yeah. and we go game five and lose. So we lost the map count, or we won the map count like five to three, but we lost this, the series because it was one best of five. Um, that's weird. And there was there was there was a lot of drama because um they were using like the auto foul. No, yeah, like, I was gonna say Big T was using that. Just yeah, and like and... we weren't because like th that event was like uh, like a month after the game came out and or like two months actually. And all the nerfs had been hap had had been made. Like the PDW got nerfed, the foul yeah. got nerfed, the auto foul wasn't a thing, and um and that event was played with no patches. It was like day one of the game. So they were using like this auto foul, big T shit on us with it. And like, there was a lot of frustration. Like we, we knew we were the best team and, and yeah. we lost. And like, uh, I think I was on Hex's podcast and he was like, uh, he asked me about it. And like Nade was doing that. Like, you remember like the WWE, like triple X, Shawn Michaels, that like, <laughs> yeah. that like fuck you thing. Yeah, yeah, bro, yeah, yeah. Nade was doing that. And I, I don't know, bro. I was just like, I saw red for a moment, bro. I was just so pissed yeah. because like everything that had led into it, um and and they beat us and and we thought we were the best team and the format fucked us and and we were just pissed and like um like back then i was like 19 or yeah, something and everyone's nate super shot's, young yeah yeah and nate shot's girlfriend was like a, a tournament moderator for uh for like, UM, umg yeah, or whatever UMG, yeah. like yeah so it was like there was just so many emotions <laughs> it was just like fuck you guys like we we felt robbed and um <laughs> And yeah, so like that's what started that that push yeah. thing. So I was like, bro, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, like I mean, even now, like me and Nate are, are are on really good terms. Like we we've spoken throughout the years a few times, and uh, that that shit's way past us. But yeah. that was just like that's what started the whole thing. And and that looking back was kind of huge for the Call of Duty scene. Like I don't want to take credit for it, obviously. Nah, but you like, need that... to. You guys need to take credit for that. You guys were yeah, the I mean, only reasons put... to watch in Bo Two. Be I put so many eyes on Call of Duty yeah. because that like that's in a tidal wave through esports. Like a grand final match, the loser pushes the winner. Yeah, like that was like huge. Like that had never happened. 
and um i guess in gears of war but not in like a, a grand final <laughs> they situation just fight to fight like they just yeah yeah, yeah, they yeah, yeah that exactly. that's just that's just like fuck it let's just go outside <laughs> um but that was like a huge thing and like complexity was a big org back then and it yeah. was like a big ordeal like behind the scenes um but that put a ton of ton of eyes on call of duty and um you know i think that helped nade blow up i mean nade was obviously grinding content yeah. by himself but that was like a big thing because like nade was looked at as like the golden boy from call of duty like the guy that yeah. won this tournament and got pushed like <laughs> he was um you know that's when he kind of started as like uh like the just the, the spotlight of the, yeah, the guy that looked for in call of duty and, yeah I, that, that was crazy but no just looking back on black ops 2 that whole season like with the optic complexity rivalry the, the whole time like that was the only reason to watch i mean Fariko impact was cool at the beginning but then like they kind of faded off in the middle but like, that got everyone interested like seeing nade and scum blow up on twitch and youtube you push nade and then from there it was just black ops 2 became shit it's probably still like the biggest year that cod had uh growth wise so that, that was I think just so legendary too um like you would win an event and gain like twenty thousand followers like it was it was nuts and Crazy. i think the the one thing that we that we fail to realize nowadays is in black ops 2 it was like t martin syndicate jericho yeah. um like think hutch like all, all these big, big x-jaws like all these big youtubers who were just posting like game commentary gameplay commentaries yeah. back on youtube playing pubs they were into competitive bro and like they were sharing those experiences yeah. with their hundreds of thousands of fans millions in some cases and and that for, for for me looking back that is what was like alleviating call of duty to the next step is you just had everyone involved yeah. and it was organic it wasn't it like, wasn't like a activision, yeah yeah it wasn't activision was paying whoever how much money to promote it it was literally these guys were enjoying Call of Duty and they were enjoying it, seeing it competitively for the first time. Yeah. They were going to events. They were like super interactive and it was blowing up. And, and, you know, I think that's something looking back that like has really hurt the franchise in the last few years. Like Warzone's a different story, but like yeah. there wasn't that organic growth from the, the casual side that they were providing back in BO2 and Ghost. Yeah, no, that's very true. Cause I I just remember seeing everyone's Twitters, everyone's YouTube, every player that did a, that started a YouTube and was uploading kind of consistently in BO2 had at least thirty to fifty thousand subs. Like was, there was just so was much explosion. juice. It was so much juice in the community at that time, and I was like, "Yo, I want to get in that," but unfortunately, didn't make it in uh, in time for <laughs> BO2. I think I won like the last online tournament, and I gained like three hundred followers that night. And then replays tweeted me like, "Do I have some talent to look out for?" And I was like, "Let's go, mom! Look, I gained three hundred followers at at night when I won the tourney." But Rowan, dude, that was so much the, juice. Even from the player side, bro, you would run an eight, and it was like eighteen people in the yeah. lobby right like there was multiple 18 players in a lobby just waiting to play eight it was yeah. just it was so active man and um i think that was like um that that was why it was just it was the thing to do it was it was in the spotlight yeah. um but but yeah following back up on the event stuff um uh, we dropped fears we picked up too quick which was a, a pretty regrettable decision um nothing against him it just didn't fit for our team and that's how Farico, like you mentioned got really good they got like yeah. uh, we took too quick from Farico. They got like Haggy, Kill Amir, and uh, and Karma, and they were just nasty oh, in the they, beginning. He must have lost full that he joined you guys. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so like we we like took away a player who wasn't who was playing really. It was so dumb that he was playing yeah. really good for them, um, and that's why we took him. And we didn't want Crimson on the main, but um, they were nasty. They and um, 
that's kind of like why. So like at this point, I'm in I'm in college, Teep's in college, Crimson college, and we're like, well, shit, like none of these guys are, and they're grinding, and like if we want to take it serious, like they just want a million dollar tournament. Yeah. Um. So we finish our semesters, and then we take we we all leave school, we all leave college, um, after champs, and we pick up uh Clay. And that's kind of what started the the seven out. That that when, when we had said seven out of eight, it was seven out of eight with Clay. Yeah. And so we pick up Clay, and we're all like focused. I think Clay's still finishing a semester, but we're all like super focused on Call of Duty, and um, and we give it like our all full time. Yeah. And and that's when we kind of run the rest of the season in Bo Two, um, because you know we felt like we were at a disadvantage not being able to play as much as as Fariko in the beginning, um. And, uh, and yeah, that, 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 that year was just legendary. Like, um, like even looking back, like, cause that was like the first time in like, there had been a dominant run in, in North American esports yeah. since like final boss. Right. And like, um, I guess partly instinct as well, but like, other than that, like halo dynasty with ogre two, um, cause he was a part of both. Like this was the first time in North America that like a team was just dominating an esport. Um, and so that was, that was super dope. Yeah, and I think it was pretty much the first time in COD where a team so consistently was winning. So everyone just was super interested. Yeah. Uh, everyone loved Optic, hated you guys, of course, because you guys were the red villains. And then uh, <laughs> you guys would go to every event and just win. Like when I was younger watching, I was like, yo, Complexity is my favorite team by far because you guys would just win, talk shit, do whatever you want, come back to the, a tournament again and win again. Like, so you guys have my yeah, full and support. We, and we were like the bad boys, right? Yeah, exactly. like, that was kind of like the first time like where we were like, Oh, we're gonna keep winning and like keep talking shit, and it yeah. was like it was unique and uh, it was fun. Um, and I think I think we all we all miss those days for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what event? What was your first event win together? And what moment did you realize like, okay, we're gonna win everything from this point on? Um, our first event was Anaheim, okay. where we like dethroned Impact. Right, like Impact was came off that like four in a row win streak, yeah. and um. And we knew we were nasty, like we knew we were a good team. Um, that but since we got clay and like the foul, I think the foul got banned, the sentry guns got banned, like stuff like that kind of got out the game. And we're like, dude, there's no shot that anyone can beat us. And we pick up Mr. X. We picked up Mr. X right when we got clay. So it was like a, a dual pickup. Like we picked up our main AR and we picked up our coach at the same time. So me, Krim, and Teep were just like, All right, like we're leaving school. We got a coach, we yeah. got our main AR, like we go into the first event and we dethrone impact, right? We stopped their five P. And, you know, we, like, dominated. It was, like, a 6-2 in the grand final, I think. Yeah. Um, And that's when, like, the first time. That was, like, the one event. The whole season, the one event where the fans were, like, all on our side. Right? Like, because, <laughs> I mean, you know how Call of Duty yeah. is. Like, if you're not Optic and you're winning, like, the fan, like, the majority of the fans want to see you lose. Yeah. And so we're, like, this this new team that's, like, coming, um, that just picked up our fourth. And we're coming off, like, force. And we had, like, three force right before that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we're 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 still the bad boys, but we're we're like climbing that 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 ladder, yeah. and we beat Impact, and that was like the first event, the only event in that whole run where we were the favorites. Like people wanted us to win that series, and like when we won, like the crowd went nuts. Like it was it was obviously something that like in my career was unique because I was always the shit talking like uh, villain whatever. But that one event was uh was the event where it kind of sparked everything. Yeah, that is that is crazy. Uh, what would you say is your was your favorite match or event you've ever played at? 
on land. What what match you thinking? Um, dude, I think it has to be the AW Columbus. Ooh, that was a good one. That yeah, was I mean, insane. like that was legendary. Like that's like we're fast forwarding a lot here, but. Yeah. We skipped Ghost a little uh, bit, but you won a world championship in Ghost. Yeah, like, Ghost guys, was like the same thing. Yeah, like, you we guys started pretty much dominating. And then, yeah. And then, like, Damon um, had his baby, and yeah. there was just a bunch of drama with EG and Complexity oh, wait, before and we MLG get TV. To, sorry to cut you off. Before we get to AW, let's talk about the transition from having Krim and Damon on your team during uh, Ghost to now they're on Optic, and then you went, you know, other ways. Yeah, so that, that'll lead into that, that event. Yeah, so um, basically... Um, after we won champs and ghost, um, we, we were on complexity and we were like kind of not org shopping, but like we wanted some money, right? Yeah, like we're dominating this, and like I think we're getting paid like five hundred bucks a month. Um, <laughs> and so we wanted to kind of like upgrade org wise, and we go to an yeah. EG in twenty fourteen was huge. They were the biggest, they were the biggest org in esports. They were they were massive. Yeah. Um, but um, and. I've kind of hinted at this on Twitter um, a few times where like we had an opportunity um, to be owned, not owned, owned by ourselves, but operated by MLG under final boss. Um, that would have been sick. That, and, and, and I've tweeted it like the logo was red. Yeah. Um, and it was like the red version of the final boss logo. And so looking back, we probably should have went that route. Um, only because Twitch, Call of Duty was switching to MLG TV, right? Yeah. And we were sponsored by Twitch on EG, and it was a super frustrating situation. And that's what led Krim at the end of the day to transfer to Optic, because Damn. Krim was like blowing up on his little quirky, like <laughs> you know, he was doing that like Dude. robot thing, that yeah. like w like whatever. He was starting to produce a lot of content. Um, and I think you know him and Formal wanted to team up. And there was a chance that we would have stayed together, me, T, Formal, and Krim. Like, there was a chance that that roster was going to be a thing. Um, because, like, I guess, I don't know why. And, like, I, honestly, I haven't even talked to Damon about this to this day. But there was, like, a bridge that was kind of burned um, for him when he had to miss an event. And we wanted to go to it. And we were trying to pick up somebody in place of him. Yeah. Um, we ended up not. But, anyway, that burnt that bridge. So, like, if we were to stick together, it was probably going to be without Damon. Um, and we were going to pick up Formal because Formal and Krim won the team. Yeah. That fell through. Formal and Krim go to Optic. Damon and Teep go to o o Optic Nation. Optic Nation. Yeah. yeah. And I'm kind of left out in the dry, right? Like, and I knew that was going to happen because Optic was like, it was our team's rival, but yeah. for the most part, it was my rival. Um, <sighs> and so I get left out in the dry. Um, and we come back from Paris. And the game comes out, AW comes out, and I'm I'm teamless, right? Like I still have a really like, you know, my reputation's really good, yeah. And I'm still known as like a a really good player, but I don't have a team, and like I'm missing like the first two weeks of the game. Game comes out, whatever. I scrim with TK, um, for like a few days, and I I mean we were we were pretty good, but I ended up joining Phase with App and Doug and Neslo. They drop Neslo, pick up Slasher, and that's what leads into that first event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for me to answer your question, it was, it was, it, it really pissed me off. Like, 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 you know, that quote, um, from my, from MJ's the last dance documentary yeah, where he's it. like, that's when it became personal for me. Yeah. Like that, that moment, like I had teamed with T for like four what? years at yeah, least. AW to like MW, MW2 to AW, right? Yeah. That yeah. Like four, four years. Yeah. 
and like looking back like he left me and like it was it's i mean crazy. it was obviously all business yeah. right like everyone was making a decision to further their career but like that's kind of when it became personal for me because i got left out in the dust right and i was like super pissed about it um for a while and you know i guess i had had high hopes that we were going to stick together yeah um and we didn't and so whatever that happens and i'm i'm super pissed about the whole situation because they're all on like optic now right yeah, like going optic to blow gaming, up and, nation yeah and make money and whatever and i'm like all right well fuck y'all too um because yeah. i was like the leader of this team and i had put together a lot of that that the last few years um anyway and we go into that aw event where i've joined phase and we i we end up picking up slasher for neslo yep and um yeah, that event was nuts. Um, you know, there's the story. I, I obviously slashed my my right thumb open. Right, like let's see, it's right here. There's like a little. Wait, put it in front of your face a little bit, a little bit, so you see it because the camera's like everything. It. It's like healed up. You can kind of see it. Wait, put it down a little bit. Put it down for the camera. To the right. Maybe a you little bit it? more right. No more left. Other right, left. <laughs> this is oh, difficult, no, it's too bro. blurry, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can kind of see it. There's like the you can screen. see the white line. Yeah, I can see that, but I don't know if this stream will be able to. But I can see it. Anyway, uh, I got five stitches or five or six stitches in my thumb in the middle of the night. It was like 3 a.m. I've told the story a lot, but I go into the next the next day um, on no sleep, and we're in like I want to say we're in winter semis. We had just beat denial. Wait, that, were you on denial at this point? Yeah, you beat us. It was Tommy, remember, right? Tommy, remember you replays and Saints, Nato. I remember. Okay, uh, Nato. Yeah, we yeah, played yeah. you in pool play, and we three would you in pools, and then we played you in the bracket for I beat believe top yep. four or top three, and you guys went up two zero. We came back and we went round eleven, game five, and then you guys ended up winning, and then you made the run all the way to the grand finals. Yep, that's so, crazy. That so you we did start. That, uh, that so we we start early. We lose our first match against Haggy, and we play you. That's what happened um and yeah we played you in losers uh and then we beat haggy's team i think again because they lost optic and we played yeah. optic in the final and um this was kind of like when i was starting to like like after we got shit on like i got well i got shit on bad in that first series like i was i was out of it no sleep whatever got absolutely like horked yeah and then the loser run starting to heat up and then we play optic in the finals and i was just like but there's no shot i'm fucking losing to these guys like <laughs> They, after personal. all the drama crim left me and like i was playing against crim and optic but at the same time it was like my it was just my ex team because yeah. it was like me Literally versus them in my head you were playing versus your children your <laughs> old dude my children yeah but yeah it was in, in my head it was me versus all of them because yeah. that's kind of how it you're just taking on optic gaming optic nation and spirit like they did you wrong you got to shit on yeah. them it's only right that's how that's how i was thinking about it and so we end up beating them and that was just an insane moment for me because, yeah. like, at this time, I was tied for, I was, oh, I was tied with Teep for event wins because me and obviously me and Teep had played together at every yeah. event. Um, so I was tied for him in event wins, and then I win that one, and that like puts me above him. And um, I think that's where, you know, in my career at least for that moment, like, I was number one, right? Like, yeah. um. And so that event for me was my favorite. And it was the first championship phase ever won in Call of Duty, which was huge. Um, and, you know, like looking back, that was just like World War II Champs was a big event for me. Yeah. But that event had like so much more on the line. Um, and so that, that, that was my number one event for sure. Yeah. 
watching that event, seeing the story with like the stitches and everything and all the story leading up from those past years, teaming with uh, Krim and stuff, and then to see you beat them in the way you did, what was the two best of sevens or was it two best of fives? Two, two best of fives. Two yeah, we fives. came from losers okay. and had to win two best of five. Then I remember all the issues that event had, like the someone was hitting off, I think Lizard Squad. Lizard Squad, They were bro, hitting yeah. off the event, the streams and everything. People are up in the pro lounge juicing each other because back then you would still get hella juice for a follow five. And uh, then you ended up winning. That was such a crazy event weekend night. Like that was that was legendary and still talked about to this day. So I think you pushing Nate shot and that event, it's still like that's like classics in Call of Duty that no one will ever yeah. forget. Uh, that's crazy. And then then you handed phase off to me and then I, we took care of it. We took care of it for you and we got a couple more wins that year. So we made sure cuz you know, Patrick yeah, I think I think looking back like that event was a a a double-edged sword for me because that event allowed me to like prove myself yeah. a lot. Like not that I needed to, but like that was kind of like where the first event I was like I can do it without all of you like fuck you like to my like yeah. dynasty team. Um <laughs> But that event definitely, I think, went to my head looking back um, because there's a lot of people know, like, yeah. um, my care level in the beginning of AW um, altered a lot um, winning that event. But because I felt like, I mean, it looks, it's it sounds dumb, but like, I felt like I had nothing left to prove after yeah. I won that event. Um, and so I definitely let that affect my, my determination and um, my drive to be the best. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was still playing, competing. Um, I just wasn't the best I know I could have been. Um, and so that 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 that's when I handed it a phase off to you, and and you ended up dominating the rest of the season. Yeah, I know there's a couple events happening between them, but dude, that was still crazy. And then how did it feel like? Did you ever talk to Porter Teep again? Like right after you won that event, did you see him that day or that night, that weekend at all? Or uh, a couple days after that? Nah, so that whole season was kind of weird, like, because me and Porter were, we were, like, really heated teammates, yeah. but we were pretty good friends. Um, So before this, before he left, um, and me and Teep were kind of all always personable. Yeah. Like, it's kind of weird to have a rival with him specifically because <laughs> yeah. of how much we came up together and, you know, how much we owe each other, Um, you know, our success um, in the beginning of our careers. But, like, that whole year, like, I don't think I really spoke to Krim. Like, it was a, it was a legit rivalry. Like, we yeah. we were at odds. Um, and you know, when I beat them at uh champs that year, right before I handed phase off to you, um, when I ended up beating him at champs that year, yeah. um, you know, Krim didn't even shake our hands. I think, I think he was super pissed. He lost that, um, because they were the best team. Oh yeah, they definitely the were going in, going into that. They yeah. were the best team, and they didn't beat us, and we beat them like three zero, and it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and he didn't even shake my hand. So like that whole AW year, um, you know, me and Krim were kind of at odds. Like we didn't like each other and it was, it was kind of obvious. Um, and that's, I think what started the me and Krim rivalry, um, was him leaving and then me beating him at those two events. And yeah. I think I called him out. Like when we beat him at champs, I was like, I told Krim when he like that, he, I would, he would never beat me. Like, I think <laughs> I said that after we beat him in the interview and, um, that definitely didn't help, but, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> me, yeah me and him's relationship in the next like two years was was not good yeah um we were we were not we were not friends yeah because I, I know they were always like the best team for the majority of the season but then in aw you beat them at champs and losers uh in black ops 3 you beat them at champs and losers 
and then they finally got their win at Infinite Warfare, but it just felt like that time when you just had their number. And I, I guess even in World War II, when you ended up winning champs again, you beat them there. So it always seemed like whenever you guys would match up at champs specifically, you would always have their number and just take them out. It's kind of crazy. I was actually laughing the other day. Um, so I've played Krim at like three champs, and I've beat him at all of them. And the two champs I haven't played him at, he won them. Really? So, the, so he won IW and he won this year, and yeah. I didn't play him. But Damn. every other year, I knocked him out. Yeah, that's another reason why teams need to pick you up. Like, we don't want Porter <laughs> win anymore. I like, with Porter. Paris yeah. has to just pull it through, pull up with the contract, and hit you up. So, all right, getting away from like more competitive talks, because we just had some great talks about from all the way MW2 to AW, a little bit in like World War II and stuff. What do you think is the best overall COD, in your opinion? It's got to be BO2 for me. Um, and it's just because I feel like, and I don't know if they got lucky, and you can probably like speak to this too, like that game was designed perfectly for competitive. Yeah. And I don't know if it was intentionally, right? That was the first year we had Hardpoint, and <laughs> yeah. the spawns were literally flawless. The metagame was godlike. Like you had stuns, nades, yeah. flax, smokes, EMPs. They all had a counter. Um, the trophy systems were like, I think that's the best way to design a trophy system. You get them every life, you throw them, um, they get two pops and then they're, yeah. they, they're done. Um, cause you can kind of GA the amount of trophies a team runs, yeah. but like the gun play was amazing. The gun balance was amazing. Like I've, I've spoken on this too before. I believe that submachine guns should have really great mobility, really great pull up time but not not crazy strafe speed. I think the strafe yeah. speed should be for ARs, and I think ARs should be slower. Um, yeah. And so for BO2, to me, it was like the perfect, like if you're a strategist, you'd love BO2 because you could do so much with that game. And the, it was still, a, I mean, dude, like everyone tries to say like no slides or slow. That game was played fast. Like that yeah. game wasn't a slow game by any means. You had, you had a lot of engagements. Especially yeah, hard I mean, point and stuff. Like you were fighting until two two forty nine, two fifty, eighty total, ninety total engagements. Sometimes like it was, it, it, was, crazy. it, it was the, it, to me, it was one of the fastest games. And and I've always kind of said this. Like when I was always like, uh, I guess criticized in my career for not running a sub. Yeah. Like the way submachine guns were designed for like the first few years of competitive, where you had like the MTAR um the msmc the ump like those to me are some machine guns that i want to run like that's yeah. the game style i want to play and, and like crim was on like names his podcast when he mentioned like the best sub before jetpacks like uh, he he said my name and it's because i would run that sub if it's like that if that's the mechanics of a submachine gun yeah but like they changed they became subs that have to like strafe crazy like yeah. the bmp you ran stock like they just added stock to all subs and it was just absurd because they're already the fastest fire rate yeah. the fastest time to kill up close and now they're doing crazy strafe so for me bo2 was the best game because you had um like you ran quick draw long barrel um obviously you had a dolphin die there was no sliding but the game was like the, the the skill gap back then was like the fast pull-up time, right? Like coming off sprint, snapping and gunning a guy, and it had range. You just couldn't miss your shots. Yeah. Like it, the gunplay and the gun design was just perfect. And, you know, 
for me in aw and in iw and like the games after they just kind of changed that that kind of narrative on how they thought some machine guns should be they yeah. all had stock they all were crazy and ARs became statue ARs. Like I think that's why I think Octane has been one of the most dominant ARs the last few years is yeah. because the ARs transitioned to stand still and shoot hella straight, yeah. and that is what he does the best. Like you can't really contest that like, he probably has the best shot with an AR. Yeah. Um, and so for me, um, that's why I stopped running a sub, and I think World War Two got the closest to it with the PPSH, but um, I was obviously a flex and um. So, so for me, it's BO2. Uh, it just had the best metagame, the best map design. Hardpoint was amazing. The spawns were perfect. Um, and S&D was, was, was yeah. almost flawless. Yeah, it was so really good. But that's, I... that's, they need to recreate. If you want an elite-level like, <laughs> yeah. COD game, it has to be similar to BO2. Like, yeah. it, it just has to be. That's actually what I was going to ask. Uh, what do you think COD games need to be better? Because I completely agree with everything you said about BO2. Best maps we've probably had. Movement was incredible. MA was was beautiful. MSMC was amazing. I just think everyone that has watched competitive since then knows that BO2 is that's the standard of best game in Call of Duty. So I feel like yep. we've been trying to get back to that point with a Call of Duty game every single year. I don't think we've ever been able to get back there. I don't know if we ever will get back there. So we're but we're kind of just getting by with what we're doing doing. So what do you think will help us get back to that point where competitive call of duty is the best it can be rather than what we've been playing. Do you think they got lucky? Yeah. I don't think, think they did it on purpose. Cause like, cause I think when you're right. Like the last few years when we're talking to developers, we're always pushing like get, get close yeah. to BO2, like BO2 did it right. And looking back, I think it was an accident. I think like the spawn system was an accident. I think Hardpoint was an accident, yeah. like, because they've tried to recreate it every year, but it's never really been how BO2 Hardpoint was. So, for me, um, for, your question was like, how do we, how do we like in just the have, future? Yeah, just have games, Call of Duty games, be better and more consistent for competitive, or to whereas some of the games we've been playing. Um. Well, we made a good step this year going back to 44. I yeah, think that's an I think absolute that's must. I, th I think it, like we can't have a competitive Call of Duty 5v5. It just will never play and visibly look the way yeah. it should. Um. So that's a big step. But aside from that, it, the spawn system is important. But I think I tweeted the other day, like, we live and die by good and bad maps. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. If the map design doesn't suit how a competitive map design should be and I, tina the one of the developers from iw a few years ago tweeted me and i think clay chimed in as well like it doesn't necessarily have to be three lanes like it really doesn't yeah but it has to be symmetrical in a way that the spawn system and the maps have to work in unison um and like the gunplay could be terrible, the mechanics could be bad, but if the map design and the spawns are good, you're gonna have a good game. Period. Like, yeah. even if you don't like how it shoots, you don't like the gunplay, you don't like the mechanics, you don't like the utility and whatever. If the game, if you can play, like if you can sit down and strategize a way to play and play right every time to yeah. make a right play, the game will be good at the core. Um, so I think. I just think they have to they, they have to design maps. maps. Yeah. And yeah, the, and the spawns have to kind of work with them. 
Yeah. Um, forge mode would be dope. Like if I could sit in That'd forge mode dream. and come up with a spawn system, that's like a dream. How, how you could in Halo. Yeah, I feel like I could do a fucking great job. But I know yeah. it's a lot more complicated than that on the dev end. But yeah, it's just gotta it's just gotta have good maps. It, that's just it, it has to. Yeah, I made a YouTube video like giving my honest thoughts on the Black Ops Cold War beta, and I pretty much said like the most important thing in any and every COD is the maps. If there's the good maps, the game's gonna be good. If there isn't good maps. It's automatically bad, no no matter how good the movement or gunplay feels. Like I feel like even Modern Warfare, the last game we just played, had good like smooth movement. The guns yeah. were pretty good. The time to kill was insanely fast, but I just feel like the maps just were not good at all. Of course, we got introduced to squad spawns, so that's why I feel like that's just at the you know bottom of the. It was barrel. like a double negative. Yeah, yeah it was like the to it. bottom of the barrel for competitive games is down there for sure. But uh, what what would you say is your least favorite or the worst? competitive cod in your opinion so we're doing like post uh mw2 because for yeah, me pretty much from like black ops 2 on i'd say there okay then it's modern warfare, modern warfare. um and it's and and for me you know my whole career i kind of always said call of duty 3 was the worst call of duty ever yeah. in my opinion but um in terms of competitive modern warfare just missed <laughs> missed everything right like <laughs> Tactical sprint was super broken. The yeah. slide was super broken. The maps were not good. The spawn system was, was atrocious. Like, for me, that game was truly, truly designed to be anti-competitive. Yeah. And I think that's why it did so well casually. I yeah. think that's why Warzone is so amazing. Is because the game at its core was not... Like, competitive wasn't even thought. Like, it, it was literally not even thought about. Yeah. And... And and I hate to talk bad about a developer like they're doing their job. They're you know they made a phenomenal product, obviously for their goal. Yeah. But for me to be a true like a diehard competitive Call of Duty player and person, like the care level um was not there. Um, yeah. they flew a ton of us out. Yeah, we were there. Act- you picked me up in the yeah. GTR. <laughs> I did pick you yeah. up. We went to the studio together. Yeah, Activision flew us out, and and we did a lot of uh pre um you know as a lot of players have done throughout the years a lot of pre-game stuff yeah. and um you know i felt like we gave and had a ton of really good feedback i yeah. I, I thought like the stuff we were kind of asking for was you know reasonable i thought it was not crazy i thought it wasn't going to affect how the game played at a casual level yeah. i thought we really did a good job and you know it was just not taken into consideration whatsoever yeah. and i think um and that's kind of why i said that the game at its core was not designed to be competitive and i think we all knew that when um the developers were, were on like the, the pre- live stream yeah i remember that yeah the live stream before the game came out and they yeah, were like clip. we don't want someone to be punished for being bad yeah like that was their logic right and competitive yeah. is all about punishing worser players right exactly. like exactly it's it's you want a skill gap. You want the better players to be far and away better than the worst players. And you want the worst players to climb that rank and have to like go through the trials yeah. and tribulations of getting better. Um, and I think Modern Warfare didn't have that. So like, you know, aside from skill-based match ranking and all that bullshit, like the game at its core design wise was not designed for competitive. Yeah. And I think that's why you have squad spawns, right? You spawn into all your teammates and you're protected. And um, it just, it just, it couldn't be played competitively. And, you know, I, I hate to say like this game was an asterisk and that game is an asterisk, but like in terms of competitive Call of Duty, yeah. last year 
was not competitive Call of Duty. It was like the um, furthest thing away from what we've known and grew up playing with like the spawns yeah. and everything. It was just like literally a whole flip. And I think that's why we saw a lot of the new amateur teams and players come up like we've never seen before. Like there's never been that many amateur teams that could be pro teams and that many amateur players that would come up in a single season. Usually it would be like three to five, maybe in like old CODs, but it felt like just amateur takeover. Cause they it, it, like it wasn't like they it didn't have a chance. Yeah. They had a chance. Yeah. It's just, you weren't good enough because there was a lot of things that I think Slasher said it best. Like the way a lot of these players that came up last year, and don't get me wrong, some of them are good, right? Yeah, some of them some, learned definitely. a ton this year. Um, I think Mac melts. Yeah, um, I think Mac will be. Liners, like, yeah, I think he'll be really good at all COD games. Like he just seems yeah, to be like a really smart there's, player. There's obviously exceptions, but yeah. in terms of like even the in the challenger scene was played so like tight, like yeah. The way Modern Warfare was played was the way that a ton of players have been playing for years, right? That have never switched their play style, never learned or changed or anything. Yeah. And it finally worked this year, right? Like hitting dumb scrap, making bad plays, feeding streaks, like fucking up spawns. None of that yep. existed this year. None of it. Like yep. you could do whatever you wanted on the map. <laughs> and if you got a two-piece or you got a kill, you got away with it. It was a good play. Yep. And people amateurs whatever ha even non-amateurs have been playing that way for years and it never ever punished them it was never like it was never a bad play in this game yeah. but in all those other games they were getting shit on and they were terrible and like it, it wasn't it didn't work but yeah. it worked this year and that's why a lot of them uh had so much success and and i think some of them will transition to 44 yeah, definitely like even if we had a normal cod that was perfect competitive some of them would be really good right yeah. like you learned a lot no, without a with some people who taught you a lot and you'll you'll transition well because you competed at a high level but i think that is that is the reason that so many players just were randomly good this year right yeah. like players that you had known for years that you Weren't, would never even yeah. think of were just good so yeah. i think that's what happened and i think it was super super shitty that the the year that 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 happened was the was first the year first, of franchising. Yeah, was, yeah. I think that was a super unfortunate thing. I think it fucked a lot of people over, including myself. And um, you know, I mean, it's whatever. It's unfortunate, but it was it was just for me super unfortunate that Modern Warfare was the game of yeah. the first year of franchising. Yeah, no, that, and online we can't forget. <laughs> yeah, online. yeah, that it, online of course it was tough, but it was just unavoidable. It was either we play online or we don't have a season. So at least we got online. But we had you, to. Yeah, you know it. It just everyone knows that's ever played in any online game. It's just not competitive. No matter how perfect you try and make it, it's never going to be competitive. Someone else is always going to have an advantage over another person. That's just how it works. That being said, I'm still glad we were able to play this season. I would much rather play it out, and whatever happens, happens. And have something to look forward to, have something to play in, something for you guys to watch and support. So I'm glad we played that year out, but uh, it was I definitely totally tough. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, we had to do it. It was the best case. I mean, yeah. COVID wasn't Activision or Infinity Ward's fault. Yeah, like that was, we had to make the best of what we had. And, and they, I think they did a good job. I think the product, yeah. they, they, they handled it well. I think Activision did an amazing job. Definitely. There's a big shout out to them that yeah. they deserve credit. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, online Call of Duty, I mean, you know, I mean, even some of the best players in the world are better online than they are on land. And that's not like a, a yeah. hit to them. They're still disgusting. Like, yeah. um, you know, I think Kyler Hook is an amazing Call of Duty player. I think he's been an amazing Call of Duty player yeah. for years. But even teaming with him last year, some of the stuff he did online, like, was mind-blowing to me. Like, 
like not that he couldn't replicate it but like some of the shit was just impossible like it was just like bro you're on an, another level yeah like i think um, it was a lot to do with I, location too like where, where you're yeah, based yeah, if you're based in the best spot online you're gonna be just a different breed so that's uh that's another big thing but it's gonna be interesting going back to blackout or black ops cold war and seeing how the competitive play, plays out for the rest of or the next season because if the spawns are back to normal who's gonna be the best teams who's gonna be the best players it's gonna be really interesting to go back and see um i'm excited for it i'm sure you are whether yep. you get that offer from a team in the cdl which you're definitely deserving of or if you have to grind it out through challengers but it's gonna it's gonna be crazy to go back and see just who the best players are at this game compared like it's gonna to like rank them between mw and this new game so it's gonna be crazy yep. but um what would you say is your personal best call of duty of all time like you were the best player which call, call of duty would that be for you it could be it could be at a moment too it doesn't have to be throughout the whole season it could be like what call of duty were you the most talented at smartest at whatever it may be this is probably gonna be a surprise but i think at the end of mw2 i that for me and like this was like kind of like not my rookie season this was early on in my career yeah i think i mastered mw2 like the absolute best at the very end of that season like i felt like i could run any role i could run every game mode i was just super consistent at um that was like the most confident I ever was playing Call of Duty on a personal level um, was the very end of MW2. I think that was when I was just like the like the best. But um, for people that obviously weren't watching, then like, that's my answer. But yeah. if, if we're talking BO2 and on or BO1 and on, um, it was Champs era Ghost. Like that, that, ghost. that like that like three month period in, in yeah. Ghost um, where it was strictly MTAR. Um, that's when I really felt like no one could fuck with me. Yeah, um because you guys won Philly, Columbus, and was there another event you won before? Oh, you lost at regionals. We lost the regionals, but then the, you the, won the zero champs. prize money, like yeah. didn't qualifier. Yeah, <laughs> and then we won champs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You won champs right after. Okay, now that's interesting to see because I know so those are like my top disgusting two. So Ghost Champs time. I remember going to that event. That was that was an interesting one. That was a very interesting <laughs> one that I went to. Um, but is there anything that you're looking forward to doing it after your career uh, whenever it does come to an end when you just don't have the passion for it? Because right now it seems like you want to get back into it. You have the passion to be the best player in the world, to become the best team in the world. So I don't think it's ending anytime soon unless you want it to. But when it does, what do you want to do or plan on doing? Yeah, so, <clears throat> I mean, now that you mentioned that, like, it, it's so dumb. Obviously, I have to fight against like how I performed last year for four events and then got complete or yeah. four matches. I played four matches right last year. That's all I played yeah. on twelve hertz, whatever. Um, <laughs> so obviously, I have to on a team where I was not running the role that I play and whatever. So I have to obviously fight against that. But yeah. like for me personally, like even playing Cold War and playing, um, you know, eights against other pro players and um, kind of knowing the style of Call of Duty it's going back to with four v four um there's there's no doubt in my mind that i could be a top player and on the on one of the best teams um for me the hurdle is getting teammates um and i think you know that's the big issue is just like um talking like challenger stuff aside like talking strictly professional cdl um is just getting teammates that like know i'm gonna give it 100 percent because i think you know at, at points in my career wherever it is there's always the Oh, he doesn't try or he doesn't care or whatever. Yeah. He's won all this and made all this money, blah, 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 blah. Um, 
for me, I mean, that, that shit's irrelevant to this point because, you know, I, like I said, I, the, the biggest thing I'm pissed off about is franchising was last, the first year of franchising was last year um, on on the game that obviously I didn't enjoy because yeah. there's always been the, the critics of like, oh, you can't adapt, blah, blah, blah. But it comes down to enjoyment, right? Like in yeah. 5v5 for me, it was not enjoyable. Like the way I like to play and the, the what my strong suits were aren't like, they're not, they're the not 5v5, 5v5 doesn't 5v5. Yeah. add to it, right? Like what I'm really good at, um, 5v5 kind of goes against. Yeah. So for me, like uh, what I want to do after Call of Duty, when I when I make that decision, um, is probably go the team route. Um, I think I think what I don't get enough credit for um, from a lot of people, and like there's obviously some that that know, but I'm I'm really good at roster building. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of always been a player coach and a player manager my whole career anyway. Like. I was the captain of a team in game and did all this stuff, but out of the game, I did the role of like a GM and a coach yeah. for years. And, um, and I did it well and I handled everything on like the, the business side of the team outside of the game. Um, so I think for me, um, that's a role that I could seamlessly transition into and instantly be the best at. Like, yeah. I, re- I really think I could like, like today, tomorrow, whatever, if I stopped playing, like if I was a coach or a general manager or, you know, had some ownership role in a team yeah. um, in terms of like, you know, working with a roster and, and building out a franchise for a future, I think that's something that I would like absolutely uh, be amazing at yeah. um, without tooting my own horn. I think that's something that for me, it's just a seamless, seamless transition. Yeah. Um, so for when I stop competing and if I want to stay in the space, um, that would be my number one. And then my number two would probably be um, an analyst role um, on broadcast because I think a big issue um, that Call of Duty's had over the years is not explaining why things are uh, done a certain way. Yeah. Um, and you know, I don't think that's any fault of the analysts that we've had in the years past, but I don't think it was like a focal point. But I think being on... Um, you know, an analyst desk with, with my takes and my, my, you know, how I'm kind of blunt about my yeah, opinions. Yeah. Um, I think that's something I would be really good at as well. But, you know, for when I'm done playing, I think, um, I think I'd want to go the team route first. And I think, um, you know, I could find a lot of success there. Yeah. Um, I know it's kind of weird now because we're locked at 12 at the moment and the league hasn't expanded, but when that day comes and, and whatever, I think that's something that I would pursue if I wanted to stop playing. Definitely. I mean, I think you would do, either flawlessly and you would get picked up in an instant to do either for a team or be analyst on the desk because i mean you're one of the staples of call of duty you're pretty much like the only person that's been the villain in call of duty i can't really think of anyone else that's been that villain and been as successful in call of duty compared to you so like that's you like when you think villains are caught yeah you're the only one that's it that's you i guess crim's trying now <laughs> yeah but i think he was mentioning it on the hex podcast like it wasn't even like he kind of got forced into that like, he didn't feel like he was the villain. Yeah. He was just like, what the fuck? I got left and all this other stuff. I didn't really watch the whole thing yet. But Hey, that's kind of how I felt in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he came back and smoked him a little bit. But one thing that probably most or no way most of the public knows is that thank you from me and all the other players and the, I guess not the orgs, but you single-handedly <laughs> raised the salary multiple times in your career from like the old cause and i feel like people don't know that 
because um, there's things you would do. Like, I don't know what you would do exactly, the way you would talk your business and stuff, but you would always make yourself or your team get a raise and then people would try and catch up and compete on that level. So it felt like every season you do something, everyone's salary gets a bump in the league. So that's pretty yeah, crazy. I think, I think that's a, that's a crazy uh, a point to bring up because I think I did the math somewhere of like, and like we can have the argument of whether salaries are inflated or not, but like the, the 2014 or I guess 2013 salary level to now, like if you did the math, like how it changed year over year to like yeah. what that top number was is insane. Like that six year just jump of what salaries went to and like how they um, progressed was absurd. Up um, hundreds of thousands of percent. <laughs> Yeah, literally. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we were the only team on salary in in late twenty. We signed it. We were we were our whole Black Ops two run under complexity. We were playing for no salary. After we won seven out of eight, we got five hundred bucks, five hundred, and then we joined EG, and I think it went to a thousand. Yeah, and then that's insane. Like how it went. Yeah, the next few years was crazy. Yeah, I feel like every year it would just double, 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 double. Of course, when franchising came in, it kind of you know took off and went yeah, that's a, that's a different story yeah that's a whole little, different yeah. story but back in like the older cod days it was still crazy to see that growth in each player and each team's salary every single season um but i think that's it for it. me and my questions uh do you, are you down to answer some questions from the chat we'll get a couple if you're ready yeah, for sure. this yeah all right guys we got patty p the legend one of the call of duty goats uh so i'm gonna pick a couple questions some of the best questions in the chat put your question for him in the chat and uh I will ask him. Also, I'm going to be doing a giveaway real quick after uh, we end this right here. Going to be giving away a drink control, one one package of it, and then also a shaker. So if you want to win What's that, favorite, stick favorite. around. Drink control, probably Cocoa Crunch. I'm a real big fan of like just chocolate chip okay, cookies, okay. ice cream. I was, I was so I love Cocoa ask Crunch. Doug to try his new like birthday cake flavor. Um, I haven't tried that one yet. I haven't tried it. I need to try that. But cinnamon's always really good. Uh, for, like, they all taste really good. They all taste really good, but I just love chocolate, so that's why I What do you drink it with? Do you drink it with uh, almond milk? Almond milk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almond yeah. milk. I don't know the water sometimes. Eh, it's all right. But with milk, I feel like it just it's mixing perfectly because it's supposed to be cereal. Uh -huh. it's like, anyways, I want to so. try uh, oat milk. Everyone, When I tweeted about almond milk, like mm -hmm. uh, I think it was like a few weeks ago, everyone was like, you got to try it. Really? Okay, yeah, I, haven't, it's like, I haven't tried that either, but yeah. I know... We both live in like LA, so that's the new thing. All bougie kind of. There'll be another kind of milk that comes out within the month, and then people will be yeah. all on that. That's just how it goes. But uh, let's see what we had. Uh, oh my god, there's a lot. Okay, this is a good one from Akshar ninety eight. Can you elaborate on your team building process? So, what do you look for when you start building a team? Aside from maybe just skill, because I feel like everyone looks for the raw talent and skill, but what other attributes do you look for? Um, let's think. Um, I, I mean, obviously, and I've always kind of been known for this, like, I approach the game at, like, a, a high IQ level, right? Yeah. Like, so I, you know, for, for teammates, like, and this is, this is what went into me picking up Krim. Like, Krim's a super intelligent person. Um, you know in terms of call of duty like the way he thinks about the game isn't like the like simple just tell me what to do and i'll go do it way yeah. like um so for me you know i like people that approach the game at a way of like all right there's like five plays i could make 
and like or let's say that's wait Tom. There's three plays I can yeah. make, right? And like these are the kind of pros and cons of each play and kind of like evaluating that in like a split second move and like what that means for your teammates and you know how you're playing to help um kind of help your other teammates succeed. Yeah. Um making plays that benefit not only yourself but your teammates as well. Um, you know, I think that's a big thing and that's kind of a hard thing to quantify, but yeah. that takes watching players and kind of noticing how they play and communicate um, to learn that. Um, but that that's a big thing for me um, as well as uh, for me. And I've, I've always kind of like um, been known whatever for S&D throughout my whole career. Like that's always been a kind of one of my better modes yeah. in my career. But um you know i think that that ties into snd really well because those play yeah. uh really similarly but uh good snd um is huge for me and then um something that i guess i would have been at fault for at points in my career which is being um not not being coachable but uh able to handle criticism yeah. and not get like personally uh attacked or yeah. affected by that cuz like i think like um you know, if I, Dylan, if I was to just tell you everything you did wrong on the map and you just be like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. This is what I think you did wrong as well. That dynamic is way better than like me telling you and you being like, fuck you, dude. Like, I'm better than you. You don't know yeah, whatever. Yeah, of course. Like, I feel like that's, that's still a big, uh, you know, gap between a lot of players is just not understanding that like you don't like your teammates at the end of the day, like I can say whatever and like criticize how you play whatever. Yeah. But like, because I want you to get better, it's or exactly. because I it's want never... my team to get better. Yeah. Because I don't like you, and I don't think you're good. Like, yeah. obviously, if I didn't think you're good, we would be, we would be teaming. <laughs> yeah. But um, that and uh, I think my last point was um, I just had it in my head before I said that. No, um, you're good. You're good. Fuck. What was it? Huh. We'll come back to it when it comes back yeah, to me. We'll but there was back. one more point I had. But yeah, we'll, we'll remember it. So I got two more questions from the chat. One of them being is, what are your top three teammates of all time? <sighs> top three teammates. Um, is that like a in talent or like? It could be favorite? whatever like you think, like as an overall player or person, whatever it may be. Like you just love playing with these people. You would team with them again. Okay. Um, just who who comes to mind when you think of your top three teammates of all time with every Perfect. every attribute. Prim and Teep would probably be one and two. Okay. Um, yeah. Ooh, three's kind of hard. Yeah, because you've had so many different thirds throughout your career and super talented ones, ones you've teamed with I, for a while. Yeah, I'm interested uh, to hear this one. I, I guess it would be Assault. Okay. Um, I think that's an unexpected one for a lot of the people in the chat. Like, they probably won't expect that one. But why is that? Yeah, I mean... I mean, we, me and Adam teamed a lot. Like we teamed through IW, World War II, VO4, right? We teamed like three years, pretty much, yeah. almost back to back to back. Um, and I think me and him just got uh, along in game pretty well. Um, we communicated well. Um, I think he liked the way I play. I liked the way he played. We played in a like high preparation. Uh, like strategy way yeah. that I think benefited his style yeah. and it obviously having an AR that kind of understood that um, was super beneficial to me. But I think me and him were a good dynamic to have on a team because we worked well together. Um, and I think we, we 
we worked well off each other yeah. together well. So probably 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 assault. Oh, that was a good one. I did not expect him be number three because I mean, I feel like he's only teamed with the same people for so long that no one really knows how he actually is as a teammate because he's always been surrounded by the same people. And then yeah. the last and final question from the chat: What was your? This is kind of a random one. What was your favorite search and destroy strategy with your team from any game? What was your favorite S and D strap? You can still remember it. Um, like one that you don't work freight. every time. Yeah, it was on. It was on freight with my uh, with my complexity team. Um, the like pre champs. Yeah. Um, kind of like how we, when we when we were like going hard to come up with S and D strategies. Yeah. Um, before champs, I think I think we had. I don't think we lost a freight S and D at at that ma at that event, other than to to optic when we went like round eleven. Round we 11. started it five times and yeah. they did that round eleven fucking four red hit. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, we had this strat on offense. Um, we had two different strats, but it was a strat on offense um, where we had like smokes, like uh, like perfect smoke plays, and um, it was it was a red hit, but it wasn't like that four man red hit. It was like a I jumped top red two. Yeah. Um, someone, uh, I think, Krim hit red door. T pit logs and Damon sniped over green. Um, and kind of watched watched our flank and made sure, um, you know, that push was gonna go well. Yeah. And like the execution timing and the smokes and like, we got that strat down to a T. Like yeah. anytime we did it, it wasn't like a oh you didn't go at the right time. Oh you didn't do this or that. Like we we had it locked. And uh, that for me was like a, a flawless a strat that like throughout all my teams that we could execute falsely every yeah. time. Now there's no better feeling than when you have that down to the science and you can just call that strat anytime and you know it's going to work unless some like random magic stuff happens. Yeah. It just feels so good to have that in your back pocket at all times and know that you could just have one strat that gets you a guaranteed around pretty much. But Dan, Dan's yeah. bullshitting in the chat. I don't know why Dan he says he would have that strat. He knows he couldn't stop that. Damn. Uh, Dill looks chopped. Yo, what the heck? <laughs> bro. wait what was that one killer with donnie where it's like do i look faded <laughs> yeah. that was too funny now yeah dan and i in ghost we were having that strat easily we would we would have that shot easily there's lucky i couldn't play at that chance yet now nah, but for real thank you very much for coming on uh it was a great time we had a lot of great talks i learned a lot about your early days in your career and stuff i'm sure everyone in the chat did as well so i appreciate you coming on thank you very much hope you had a good time yeah, brother, I did. Thank you. Um, and keep up your content, grind, man. You're killing it. Yes, sir. Gotta do something in the off season because Warzone ain't hitting for me anymore. So it's either yeah. it's either I do content or I sit in bed, eat ice cream, and watch the blacklist. So that's that's, that's uh, what I've been doing. Really, it's not a, it's not a bad plan. It's not a bad plan. But uh, thanks again, everyone in the chat. Say thank you to the COD legend, Patty P. Aches, twenty time champion, two time world champion. Make sure. You hit up your CDL franchises, your general managers if they're watching. Send him his resume. He's ready to go. Back to 4v4, boots on the ground. It's crazy. All right. I'm about to I'm do this. Oh, wait, wait. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm a, I am the last 4v4 boots champion. Your world the champion. Last tournament, world champion. 4v4. Like, look, at, look at the shirt you got on right now. That's what, that's what I am, the yeah. last of 4v4. Literally. That's crazy. All right. Well, that's it. That's his resume right there. All right, Pat, thank you very much for coming on. I'm about to do a giveaway real quick. You don't have to stick around if you don't want to, but uh, it's been fun. It's been real. Thank you, boss. All right, brother. Thank you, man.